Um, Skala moet hem nog niet opzetten, nie, oké? Okay? You can just push record there. The last couple of weeks, and we're journeying through Matthew. So the last couple of weeks we've dealt with, we had the fishes, remember the fish, the bread and the fish, and how the Lord dealt with that. And, and then we had where, in the beginning of Matthew 15, where uh, he says, it's not what comes into you that defiles you, but what comes out of you that defiles you. And then last week we had this lady coming to Jesus and his disciples rejected her as well. And now we come to this piece of text. And I want to show you something which I believe the Lord has opened up to me, which shocked me. So it's, this is for all of us. In Matthew 15, we're going to read there. And Jesus departed from there. So where did he depart from? He departed from the region of Tyre and Sidon. So Tyre is a little bit... If I, I'm looking that way, so you go, I can see the map in my head. It's on the northwest side, and Sydney is just a little bit down here. Okay, and 85 kilometers from Tyre down here is where we're going to the Sea of Galilee. 85 kilometers. Okay, you know that they had nice four by fours back then, eh? Okay, so if they had to walk five kilometers an hour. <coughs> Okay, now army a brisk walk, they teach you to walk at six kilometers an hour. Okay, so if they had to walk five kilometers an hour and they walked six hours, then walk the whole day, that's 30 kilometers of walking per day. So it's a minimum of two days. So it probably a week transpired between the two verses. You get you follow that? Them walking. Obviously, they're not. And that's, that's an estimate, obviously. It's an estimate. I think it's an intelligent estimate, a week or so. And Jesus departed from there, skirted the Sea of Galilee. So on the left-hand side, if you, you turn your map to north, on the left-hand side, there are hills right down to the south. On the north and east side, it's plains. So he obviously went on this side, on the northwest side, skirted, and then got to these hills where he sat down. Sorry. And went down up and sat down on the mountain. Then great multitudes came to him. Now, how did the multitudes get there? They had to walk, eh? But I wanted you to see who is with Jesus all the time. His disciples, the apostles. They are with him all the time. And Jesus' journey is about discipling them teaching them his heart, carrying over his heart to them. You need to take notes today. Vandaag is warm. And the great multitudes came to him, having with them the lame, the blind, the mute, the maimed, and many others, and Jesus laid them down, and they laid them down at Jesus' feet, and he healed them. So the multitude marveled when they saw that the mute speak, the lame made whole, the lame walking, and the blind seeing, and they glorified the God of Israel. Who told these people where Jesus is going to be? The disciples. They're walking. They're telling, get there. Jesus is going to heal. 
His reputation has gone before them. Okay, And he has now discipled them. And he says, I want to heal people. You tell them to come. You tell them to come. You see, now the disciples have got some confidence in Jesus. Do you understand? Because he's already healed. He's already fed the multitude. He has delivered a woman from a demon spirit, and he wasn't even present. He just said, your faith, gone. He has taken the establishment and shaken it. Speaking to the Pharisees, because he's discipling his apostles. He wants them to see his heart and who he is. So this week, I heard there's a big church down here that, or a church down here, let me rephrase it like that, marry homosexual people. All right? You see, what we need to understand is that Jesus is no longer on the face of the earth. Do you know that? The Holy Spirit's on the face of the earth. The Holy Spirit is on the earth. If you believe in sensationism, which says the Holy Spirit doesn't do anything anymore in this world, okay, you are already misled. I want to show you the creed, the Apostles' Creed. People, the Apostles' Creed. I want to show you the mistake on the Apostles' Creed. Is it up on the board? I want to show you this thing. God showed this, and some of you have been here about a year ago, a year ago or so, the Lord showed me this. And I want to share this with you, and I want to start showing you how when we just get into this alone, we can be deceived and misled, and we can start falling prey to false teaching. Can you read there? If it's, you can dim the lights a little bit so that people can see. All right. It says, I believe in the whole... No, no. Go up. That's, that's the last show. That's the last one. Go to the top. That's the last one. There we go. The apostles believe. I believe in God, the Father Almighty. Who believes that? All right. Who created the heaven and earth? I believe in Jesus Christ, His only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. Okay. <laughs> Kijk op die scherm achter jou. Alright. And he descended into hell and on the third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of God, the Father Almighty. From where he will come to judge the living and the dead. Okay. I believe in the Holy Spirit. The Holy Catholic Church. Catholic means general church. It doesn't mean the Catholic Church per se. It means the general church. The communion of saints. The forgiveness of sins. The resurrection of the body. And life everlasting. Amen and amen. Where's the mistake in this? Now those people that I've showed this to. But I want to show you. You see, there are three parts to God. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. In the Apostles' Creed, they unpack the Father and expand on who the Father is and what He's done. They unpack the Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, and what He's done. But when it comes to the Holy Spirit, what do they say? I believe in the Holy Spirit. You can turn the lights back on. What about the Holy Spirit? What about the Holy Spirit? 
See, it's convenient when I say I believe in God, I believe in the Holy Spirit. It's very convenient. But what about him and his personality and his character and why he is on earth? Why he is on earth? Jesus uses the Holy Spirit on the earth to do the healing. Okay. So, which one's easiest to say? Luke. Let's go to Luke. Which is easier to say? Remember Jesus went up to this guy? Say, listen, your sins are forgiven. And the Pharisees got mad. And he said, and which one's easier to say? That your sins are forgiven? Or to say, arise and walk? But that you may know that the Son of Man has authority on the earth to forgive sins. He said unto him, that was paralyzed, palsied, and said to him, arise. Take up your couch, your bed, and go to your house. All right. And immediately he rose from there and he went to his house and glorified God. There's three things that you need to see here, that God is speaking to the man's soul, spirit, and body. Okay, The first part that he's speaking to is his spirit. This is what the Lord does. He says, your sins are forgiven. He speaks to your spirit. He cleans the man's spirit. The second thing that he does is he heals his body. Rise up and walk. Your healing, your physical healing, is no issue for God. Which one's easier to say? That's how he's viewing, that's how powerful he is. What's easier? Get up and walk, you're healed. Or your sins are forgiven. It's easy for God to heal disease. But if you believe in sensationism, which says that the Holy Spirit stopped functioning when the last apostle died, then I can no longer take this text for myself. But I'll show you there are other texts that I can no longer apply in my life. And then I am open to deception. And then the Holy Spirit's not in my building, or in my house, or in my life anymore, because he stopped somewhere along the line. I can't find the scripture that says that. All right. So the third one is he speaks to his soul. He says, get up and go back home. You know the place where you grew up? You know that place? That's the place where you've got the most emotional damage. Do you know that? Your soul. He's speaking to your soul. What does God do to the soul? He restores the soul. He wants to restore your soul to the manufacturer's standards. You restore something to the original design. God heals the body. Boom. He cleanses his body. But He's walking with these disciples and he's showing them these things so that their thinking might be correct. God wants to walk with us, you and I, so that our thinking might be corrected. If I don't believe in the Holy Spirit and I don't receive the Holy Spirit, do you think it can happen? Then it becomes an intellectual exercise. Now, if I had to think of my wife only intellectually, my wife is such a nice person, but I've never met her. I've never spoken to her, never held her, never had coffee with her. It's just this intellectual thing. It becomes a philosophy. Do I have a wife? No, I'm dreaming of somebody or something. You see, unless I experience the Holy Spirit and acknowledge that the Holy Spirit is alive, that He's on the earth, 
and that he does the following things. I want you to, I'm going to take you through a couple of scriptures. So I want to show you what the Holy Spirit does. Gee, the scripture says that you cannot call Jesus Lord except by the Holy Spirit. And anyone that's filled with the Holy Spirit can never say that Jesus is a curse. So people are coming out on YouTube saying Jesus is a racist. Is that the Holy Spirit speaking? No, because there's no Holy Spirit. We've stopped that. So I can say what I want to. The Holy Spirit will never allow me to say that. People that use his name in vain. The Holy Spirit doesn't allow me, convicts me. Whoa, what did you say? No, I can't use the name of the Lord. It's not even, I can't even say, oh, oh, AMG, OMG. I can't even say that. Never mind his name. Holy Spirit doesn't allow me. But if there's no Holy Spirit on the face of the earth, or it's just a philosophy, a theory out there, it's not a real person. He is a real person. Let's go to John. And we're going to just go through the Bible. John 14, 15. If you love me, you will keep my commandments. And I will pray the Father, and he shall give you another comforter. That he, that he may be with you forever. And even the spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, for behold him not, neither know him, yet you know him, for he abides in you and shall be in you. Jesus makes the promise of the Holy Spirit. This is not a conjuring. I want you to understand, this is not a, the Holy Spirit is not weird. Magic wand. The Holy Spirit is a person. And Jesus says, this is what he'll do. He will comfort you. You're lonely. You need some comfort. All you have to say, Holy Spirit, I need you. You don't know what's going on in life, what's truth and what's life. So Holy Spirit, I need you. The Spirit of truth. Did he not say he's the Spirit of truth? Okay, so Jesus promises the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is going to come and he's going to convict me, the sinner of sin. He's going to come and say, it's in John 16, verse 7 and 8. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth, it is expedient. It's better for you that I go away. For if I go away... If I don't go away, the comforter will not come. But if I do, I will send him. I want you to see the word him, important. I'm not going to send her. Every time referred to God, Jesus, or the Holy Spirit, it is him. All right? Him. You get that? Somebody come and say, but God's feminine. Can't find it in the Bible. And what will he do? The comforter will come and will convict the world in respect of sin. Me. I was in the world. Were you in the world? See, you cannot get saved by the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit needs to convict you that you are a sinner. That there's something inherently wrong with the nature of the human being that will lead him to hell. He is not inherently good. He's inherently evil. Man is evil. Why? Because it's fallen flesh. The heart is deceptive above all things. This is coming out good. Praise the Lord. You see, if you think you're okay, the Holy Spirit hasn't convicted you yet. 
He said, the people that know and that God use are the people that are bankrupt, that they realize, I have got absolutely nothing to offer God or this world. I am weak. I've got weaknesses. I am sinful by nature. But the Holy Spirit has convinced me. And then of righteousness. How do I become right with God? The word righteous means right standing, to be in right standing with God. It's only by the cross. He imputes his right standing, his holiness to me. He says, it's mine. I give it to you legally when you accept. And now I become in right standing. And of judgment, that there's a day that the King of kings and the Lord of lords will once again come down here. In his full majesty. Not as the lamb. But as the lion. And he is going to judge. And no one will walk past that. Every knee will bow. Will bow. I don't care who he is. I don't care what he thinks. His knee will bow to Jesus. Well, you've got a choice today. To bow your knee and say, Lord, you are king and I am not. And please come and convince me. He makes us new and gives us eternal life. This is what the Holy Spirit does. So he convinces me of sin, so therefore I need to be saved. Romans. And if Christ is in you, I like how Paul writes, because Christ, Paul is not assuming that everybody in the church that reads this letter has Christ in them. And many people think, because I go to church, I've got Christ. Because I read my Bible, I've got Christ. If then, he says, and if Christ is in you, your body is dead because of sin. But the spirit, what spirit is he talking about? Your spirit is alive because of the righteousness. Okay? He says a small s. Go to the next one. And if the spirit, capital, of him that is raised up Jesus from the dead dwelt in you, he that raised up Christ Jesus from the dead shall give you life also to your mortal bodies through his spirit that dwells in you. So what is he saying? The dead sin nature dies. It's no longer you that live, but Christ that lives within you. The Holy Spirit now quickens you. The Holy Spirit is the reason why you get up. The Holy Spirit is the reason why you want to live. He is inside of you. Romans 8 comes. He says, you are no longer subject. You're no longer underneath this law of sin and death. But you are, it's a higher law. Only through Christ you are under the law. Of the spirit of life, Romans 8, verse 2. You're under that law, the spirit of life. There's life flowing through you. You see, and how can I tell when there's life flowing through you? The things you do, is there life coming? Is it thriving where you stay? Is it standing up? Are you making it beautiful? Or is it going down, 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 down? Even the grass on your lawn, there's nothing left. Even your dogs are this scroll. And 
and are full of worms. Then there's no life in you. But when the Spirit of God is in you, it brings life. It brings you new life, eternal life. The next thing he does, he seals us. The Holy Spirit seals us. Ephesians 1.13. It's important that you know this about him. That you as a born-again believer, when you lay your life down and you open up your heart and the Holy Spirit comes inside you, he seals you. So that nothing can get to you. Do you understand? So the demonic can no longer enter you. Do you follow? So if you're born again, spirit-filled, you cannot have another spirit in the inside of you. But your soul can be oppressed by a spirit of lust. You know, that spirit want to show itself, you can leave. A critical spirit. You want to, that spirit can show itself, you can leave. I'm expecting manifestations this morning. Do you understand? That's why my wording is, I'm expecting manifestations of demonic. Because they manifest in the presence of God. They can't handle it. See, greed will start manifesting in the presence of God. And then we know what to cast out. You are sealed, can no longer enter you, but can plague your mind. And you must realize that you've got the authority to chase it away. And you need to remind, renew your mind. <coughs> See, that's the restoration part, the soul part. That's the heart part. That's where Jesus walks with us. Come on, let me show you. Let me show you. Let me show you. Does that make sense? Are you following? I'm excited about today. He guides us. The Holy Spirit guides us. John 16, verse 13 and 15. And how be it when the Spirit of truth, the Holy Spirit the Spirit of truth. If you are battling with lying, 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 telling constant lies, and you need to open your heart to the Holy Spirit. Because when He comes in, you will no longer be able to lie. You can't. You cannot. When I was unsaved, I lied so much I didn't know where the truth started and the lies ended. I did not know. And then the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of Truth, had to tell me, stop. And I'm like, why must I stop there? Because the rest is lies. I said, Lord, but that story is only getting interesting. He said, that's all the lies you've been telling. Really? If you're constantly finding yourself lying, 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 lying. I'm not talking if you stumble and fip. No, your officer, I was only doing 120. You know, that is a choice. But if you find yourself lying, 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 you know those people. You don't even know what, what's the truth about them. You know they're lying. You know what's the worst thing about liars? Then they think you don't know that they're lying. They think you're fools. Like, bro, you are porking so much. It stinks, yeah. The spirit of truth is come and he shall guide you into all truth. All right? He'll guide you to this. You see, he's not weird. Bill 
birds flying in front of you. No, he's not weird. He will bring you back to all truth. For he shall not speak for himself, but what things soever he shall hear. What does Jesus say? I say nothing. I don't hear my father say. What does the Holy Spirit say? I'm going to speak what the word says. I'm going to speak what the little Jesus says. These shall he speak and he shall declare unto you the things that are to come. He shall glorify me. For he shall take of mine and he shall declare it unto you. Never. I want you to get this. Never, ever, ever will the Holy Spirit break Jesus down. The Holy Spirit will never break the church down. Because it's the body of Christ. The Holy Spirit will never cause division. The Holy Spirit will never cause strife and envy. The Holy Spirit will never be be disobedient. The Holy Spirit will never be preoccupied. It is not the Holy Spirit. That is demonic. It's demonic because that spirit doesn't want you to hear what the Spirit of God says. It wants to clean it, close your ears so you can't hear the truth. The Holy Spirit wants you to hear the truth. He wants you to hear what he says. Why? Because he wants to protect you. He wants to guide you. He wants to love you. So he brings certain guidelines. Is when you get married, then you can sleep together. Oh, the Lord wants to rob me of my joy. No. He wants to protect you from soul ties and sicknesses and curses. The biggest example, HIV. It had to start with two people. It had to start with two people. If everybody abided by God, HIV would have died with those two people. Yet one in four South Africans is HIV positive. One in four. One, two, three, HIV. One, two, three, HIV. (laughs) Scary. One in four. Terrible. He will guide us. The next thing, 1 Corinthians 3.16. He will dwell in us. I beseech you therefore, brethren, be ye imitators of me. 4.16, 3.16, yes. 1 Corinthians 3.16. Kijk wie is eerste dag. First Corinthians 3.16. It says, Do you not know that you are the temple of God and that the Spirit of God dwells in you? You see, I want you to get it. There are big preachers in the world saying, It's okay for you to put a tattoo on you. I want you to get this. If you got a tattoo and you weren't saved, not a problem. It's not a problem. There's no judgment yeah. There's love yeah. There's acceptance yeah. But if somebody is teaching you that you can willingly defile the temple of God, 
It's not the Holy Spirit. Because the Holy Spirit will never defile you. The Holy Spirit will never tell you to sleep with somebody outside of marriage. The Holy Spirit will never tell you, I've got a new wife for you. Or a new husband for you. Or why don't you just put all those piercings everywhere? Why will he do that? He won't. The Holy Spirit will tell you, take it out. Take it out. I don't want you full of piercings. Stop putting tattoos on you. You are my temple. I need you to look different than the world. You see, when God says, I am holy, therefore you must be holy, does that include, I am stable, I want you to be stable. Yes. It includes, you need to be different than the world. You are his temple that moves around. So that people can see his glory. His glory. Now, if you got tattoos right now, it's not a problem. It's BC. It's before Christ. We've all got some scars. But let's go deeper. What about the tattoos in your mind? That you don't think you're good enough. That you don't think God loves you. That you don't think... That you're not the apple of his eye. Or that you think you are cursed. Or your family's cursed. Or bloodline diseases. and blood. Come on. That's not the Holy Spirit. You are the temple. What does he do to his temple? He builds it up. He cleans it. What does Jesus say? I will tear down and in three days rebuild it. This temple. They thought they were talking about that temple, but he's talking about this temple. He said, I'll tear down and build up. God wants to build you up. But if you believe that the Holy Spirit stop and sensationism can no longer do these things, can he? Where's the Holy Spirit now? We're going to come to the real sticker just now. 1 Corinthians 2, verse 10 to 12. He brings revelation. But unto God has revealed through them the, the Spirit, through the Spirit God has revealed. For the Spirit searches all things, yeah, the deep things of God. The Holy Spirit searches the deep things of God. Okay, from among men we know these things of men. Save the spirit of man which is in him. He's saying we know people when we spend time with people and we speak to people and we find out stuff about people. Just that way the Holy Spirit seeks the deep things of God. Okay, and even so the things of God no, no, no one knows save the spirit of God. So he brings the things of God and he reveals it to us. He starts revealing the things. Only, you see, godly wisdom and earthly wisdom differ. Godly wisdom is holy. Earthly wisdom is demonic. It's fleshly. Okay? Godly wisdom says the following. I want you to abstain. I want you to get married. And then you can join, enjoy that. Earthly wisdom says, marry you ever or whatever you want to. As long as it feels good, you know. <laughs> I was born that way. You might have been born that way, but you were never created that way. There's a difference. Learn that from you. Thank you. It gives us power. 
The Holy Spirit gives us power. Acts 1.3, when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, you will be endowed with power. All the people that believe that they've got power and have, have practiced that power, please put up your hand. And be honest now. How many demons have you chased out? How many people have you led to Christ? How many people have you told about Jesus in the last year? Power. How, how many sins have you walked away from? Power. Conviction. Power. Sit down with somebody and say, I've got some good news for you, brother. Jesus loves you. And if you want to open your heart, he will come in and he will make the world lighter. Last two, three weeks, two, three people. Donkey Jesus, one-on-one. One-on-one. Yeah, because I'm great. No, no, no. Because when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, you will receive power. If you do not have that power, guess what you'll do? You'll compromise. You'll say, we'll marry homosexuals. We'll say, well, what do you want to relate as? We agree with that. And maybe God was feminine. And the rainbow belongs to the alphabet people. You see, when you do not have power, you cannot stand in the face of adversity. You cannot. When you don't have power, you'll feel rejected. When you stand at the bra and no one wants to talk to you anymore. And your family doesn't want to phone you anymore. And no one wants to know about you anymore. And when you speak life, they will say, it's not one of them. Have you seen that? You've seen that? People start talking down. Da, 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 and you say, no, but God's got hope for this country. This is not the slow coast. This is the anointed coast. This is the saved coast. You start speaking that. People are like, oh. You start telling people, stop cursing the ground. You walk on. It's like, what are you talking about? There's no money on the coast. There's money here. The earth. And all its glory belong to the Lord. He is here and he can prosper whenever, whatever. But we need to start blessing the ground we walk on. What, what do people do? What are you talking about? If you do not have power, you've not received the Holy Spirit. You cannot receive the Holy Spirit if you don't believe that he is today and for today. You can't. You can't cast out demons. You can't see them manifest. Starting to scream when they sit here. Wah, wah, wah. And no one has had the guts to stand up and say, Quiet, Satan. You see, that's when you sit in your house and you allow sickness to come and come and come and you never get angry. Because it's not okay. The Holy Spirit will convince you that sickness is not of Him. And somewhere along the line, the warrior in you needs to get up and start walking in that power. Now, you don't have to get animated like me. My wife just goes, this klar, ne? I have to get animated. My wife says, stop. Okay, Leafy, I'll stop. I have to get animated. Listen, woman, you need to listen to me now. This is what's going on. Listen to me now. And if you believe that you're superior to your wife, it's not the Holy Spirit. Okay? She want to get you to know that. You are responsible, sir. But you're not superior. Do you understand? You're going to be accountable. He's going to ask you, sir, what did you do with your family and where did you lead them? Or was it not right? They'll see like what we feel like on Sunday morning. Or is it me and my house? We will serve the Lord. 
Sounds like Germans, man. I like it. Wants to hear only one click. The Holy Spirit's not weird. Oh, well, maybe you should think about it. I want you to consider, you know. You know, you go, maybe, you know, I just want to check your feelings. That's earthly, demonic wisdom. But if you don't believe in the Holy Spirit, if you say, the Holy Spirit stopped working, and no longer can you have the boldness to go call people, to bring them to church so that they might receive their healing. He gives us wisdom, Ephesians 1, 17 to 20. That the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you a spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Him. Wisdom starts where? The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. All right? So the fool that says, listen to me because you've got friends like that, and this is what the Word of God says. The beginning of wisdom is the fear of God. So the fool that says, me and the Lord will have it out one day. There's no fear. There's no reverence. Or all lee roads lead to God. Or God will understand. There's no fear and there's no reverence and they are fools because they don't know who they're dealing with. Now, I want to say it in love because he loves you. He says, fear me. Have reverence for me. If you have honor for your father and you've got honor for your master, then where's my honor since I am a master and I am a father? Come to me. My yoke is easy. My burden is light. I am merciful and gracious. And I, I extend my love for thousands of generations to those that love me. Sarah, Lord, I'm come to you. It's after this one. No. 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 He gives us wisdom. Wisdom to deal with people. Wisdom to deal with our children. Wisdom to deal with our finances. Wisdom to discern. Is that his spirit or not his spirit speaking? Is that his word or not his word spirit? Am I walking in it or am I not? He gives me wisdom to discern. The spirit of God gives us wisdom. He helps and intercedes us. I'm speeding myself a little bit. Helps and intercedes us. Romans 8, 26 and 27, and like man that the Spirit, can you see capital? So you can say the Holy Spirit also helps our infirmity, our weakness, our disease, our corruptness. He helps us. For we do not know how to pray. He helps our inability to pray as we ought. But the Spirit himself makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. If you've got the Holy Spirit, you will know exactly what I'm talking about, where you just groan. Oh, Lord, this is so sore. Sometimes I don't even know what to pray for this congregation. I don't know what to pray for our people. I don't know. I don't want to pray for my children. I just cry. I don't want to pray. I don't know what to pray for myself. I just cry. You see, you and I cannot be transformed. 
if we are not ready to acknowledge the Holy Spirit, are you ready to be transformed? Are you ready for your life to be changed? Into what? Your image. Into His image from glory to glory. That we might become just like Jesus. Jesus was the express image of the invisible God. So when they looked at Him, they saw the Father. That's how the Father walks and talks and carries about. This is why Jesus is showing the disciples these things. Now they go and they go call all the mute and all the sick and all the lame. Say, come, I found Him. I see God, and He will heal you, and He will set you free, and you will not worry about what are they going to think about Him. What are they going to think about me? You see, that's when you tell your colleagues and your partners and your friends, listen, stop pubbing on Saturday. Come with me on Sunday. I want to take you to the King of Kings. I want you to meet Jesus. He's going to heal you. The fruit of the Spirit. I just love this. I want you to understand the Holy Spirit is equated to a dove. Am I right? Okay. When Jesus got baptized and he came up from the water, there were, it was one of the few occasions in the Bible where Father, Son, and Holy Spirit was present at the same place on the earth. Jesus was in the flesh, came up. The Holy Spirit descended on him in the form of a dove. It wasn't a physical dove, in the form of the dove because he's a communicating something to me, to us. And then the Father spoke so that everybody around could hear, this is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. The Holy Spirit has got, is equated to a dove. A dove has got two wings. And each wing has got nine, in Afrikaans, pen fiera. Flight feathers. Nine flight feathers. Here's the problem. You see, when we go back to that creed, I believe in the Holy Spirit, and I don't unpack, and I don't say what I believe about the Holy Spirit, then I will tell people about the fruit of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, goodness, kindness, mercy, long-suffering, self-control, temperance. I'll tell people about that. And no one's got a problem with that, is it? But I want you to read with me this text. I want you to read. Just go there. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. First thing, you need to be led by the Spirit. Okay? Now the works of the flesh are manifest. You can see the works of the flesh, which are the following. This is the work of the flesh. This is not the Spirit. Never ever can it be the Holy Spirit. Fornification can never be of God. Uncleanness. What is he talking about there? Unclean sexual acts. Anything that's dirty. And derogative and defiling. Lasciviousness. Did I say that right, Kay? I got it. Then she gave me a 50-50. <laughs> Idolatry making something more than God. Even my education, my intellect. Making it more than God. Sorcery. Anything that I look at that's got sorcery is not from God. Anything that's got sorcery in is not from God. Now, even I shared that clip on the group, even if that is a satirical thing about Disney, it's got sorcery in. It is not of God. 
Games that you play, where you're first-person players, listen parents, where your child, that the first-person player can get powers. It is not of God. It is sorcery. Do you get that? It's not of God. It is the works of the flesh. It's the devil. Enmities. Enmities. I don't... Strife. Continually striving with everybody and everything. Especially when you find fault in them. Especially when you come close enough to see that this person isn't perfect. Or your husband isn't perfect. Or your wife isn't perfect. And you always want to strive, strive, strive. Fight, fight, fight. That's not of God. Jealousies. Wraths. Anger. Fractions. To splinter. Get people to follow me. To become clicky. Divisions. Parties. Envying. Drunkenness. Revelings. And such like. Of which I forewarn you, writes Paul. Even as I did to forewarn you. That they who practice such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. Now you can take it whatever, but I see love. Because Paul doesn't want you to go to hell. He doesn't want people to go to hell. He doesn't want them to be. He says, I want you to have the kingdom of God. And when you walk in this, you won't. You will not be warned. There's a cliff coming. Put your foot on the brake. Make a U-turn and go away. You're going to get hurt. That's what he's like. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness. Meekness, self-control, and against such there is no law. There's no law. And they that are of Christ have crucified the flesh with its passions and the lust thereof. If you have received the Holy Spirit, that's what you'll do. You'll crucify it. You see, but now this dove has got one wing. Because most people have got no problem to talk about the fruit of the Holy Spirit. But they got a huge problem to say, let's talk about the gifts. Let's put the other wing to this. You see, unless you can do, believe that the Holy Spirit, unless you're ready to be transformed in your life, you will say the Holy Spirit does not exist. He's no longer on the earth. It's something that stopped there. We must allow the Word to do that. Well, good luck. Good luck. You, in your power, transform your life. Good luck. Go for it. And just build up that pride. I turned my life around. I got myself in this place. No, you can't. You can't change your nature. Many of us have tried. You can come to a certain point, And then all your willpower runs out. And you know exactly what I'm talking about. Especially if you want to set your alarm clock for 5 o'clock. After a while, you just can't get it done. All right. Galatians. 5.22 If we live by the Spirit, it's 5.22 Oh, sorry, if we live by the Spirit um, we've gone through this I want us to go to 2 Corinthians 12 verse 1 to 11 2 Corinthians 12 I must needs glory that it's not expedient, but I will come to visions and revelations of the Lord. Carry on. I know, second, no, 1 Corinthians. It must be 1 Corinthians 12. 
in the wrong page. First Corinthians 12, not Second Corinthians. That's not right. First Corinthians 12. Sorry, my mistake. First Corinthians 12 talks about the fruit of this, the gifts of the Spirit. I'll read it to you. Thank you. Now concerning spiritual gifts, this is Paul writing, I would not that you be ignorant. So what is he saying? Can you hear love speaking again? Can you hear the Spirit of God saying, I don't want you to be a fool. I don't want you to be stupid. I don't want you to be ignorant. I want you to see the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Thank you. Verse 2. You know that when you were Gentiles, you were led away by those dumb idols. Wherefore I make known unto you that no man speak in the Spirit of God, saith Jesus is a curse, and no man say Jesus is Lord, but by the Spirit of God. So there's your first qualification. If the Spirit of God is present, is that person upholding Jesus and His standards? His love and His work on the cross. If He's adding to the cross, He's not upholding Jesus. He's saying the work is not complete. Now there are diversities of gifts, but the same Spirit. The Holy Spirit functions different. But it's the same Spirit. Very same Spirit doing these things. Different ministries, but the same Lord. There are different ministries. But it's the same God. And there are diversities of workings, but the same God who worketh all things in all. Can you see that it is unifying? The Spirit of God brings unity in gifts and in ministries. He brings unity. If there is not unity, there is a different spirit than the Holy Spirit, if you are the cause of that, you need to examine yourself and say, why am I causing a drift? Why am I not flowing? If it's biblical, if it's upholding Jesus, why am I not flowing? Why am I coming against it? the different spirits at play? It's not the Holy Spirit. But to each one is given the manifestation of the Spirit to profit everybody. Once again, your gifting, the anointing that will run through you is not for you to look good. It's not for you to say, I'm the bee's knees. It's for the profit of everybody. The converse is true. If you quench that and you don't flow in your gifts, everybody is suffering. There are better preachers in this church than me. There are better teachers in this church than me. There are better pastors in this church than me. There are better evangelists in this church. There are better healing people. There are better... In this church, and there are many administrators in this church than me. There are way more gifted people than I am in this building that God wants to use. And you need to stand up. You need to say, He is Lord, and I'm going to do what He's told me to do. I'm going to use the gift that He's given me to give to. to. I'm going to use it. There are so many talented, gifted people in this church. It's just unbelievable. The only thing I can do is talk. I can't draw, I can't sing, I battle to plan, I battle to motivate, I, I, I can just talk a little bit. For to the one is given through the Spirit, the word of wisdom. Here's the first thing, 
Word of wisdom. It's three times three. Word of wisdom. It's a revelationary thing. I'm standing in front of you. I'm not going to teach on what it is. I'm just going to just break it down. Word of wisdom to another. Word of knowledge. The second. And the third one, um, according to the same spirit. Thank you. To another faith. The, the prophecy must come in there. Another faith in the same spirit. And to another gifts of healings. And to one, in one spirit. Carry on. And to another working of miracles. And to another prophecy. And to another discerning of spirits. To another diverse kinds of tongues. And to another interpretation of tongues. But all of these worketh one and the same spirit. Divided to each one. Seven even as he will. As the Lord wills. Three times three. The power gifts. The revelation gifts. And the other one. Discerning gifts. There, you got it. Nine. Can you see now this dove? It's got two wings. It's balanced. Oh, no, I don't believe in the working of the Holy Spirit. I believe in sensation is stopped. And now I'm being misled. Now I say I don't believe that God can heal anymore. Now I can't bring people to Christ. I can't believe that God can see into your heart and unlock the pain that's in there and remove it from you. So then I can't bring you to God. Rather go see that psychologist, nothing wrong with them. That psychiatrist, nothing wrong with them. Hello. Now I can no longer reach out and say the Lord is the healer and not the doctor. The Lord is the one that gives life. So now, even though I'm walking with God and he says I'm going to sit on that hill on Sunday morning, I will not invite people to come. Because I don't believe in him. We've got a word this morning that challenges each and every one of us. Me including. Where we have to say, Holy Spirit, do I truly, truly walk with you? Do I truly believe in you? And then make a resolution in my heart of hearts that I'm going to finish up. And I'm allowing him to do these things in my life. And let him seal me, empower me, so that I can go get those people that are hurting. I can't understand why the whole school is not here. I cannot understand that. I cannot understand why people's businesses are not here. Their colleagues are not here. We're dragging people, kicking and screaming to the Savior. Come, I know him who can heal you. His name is Jesus. Let's stand and we close off. And I want to encourage you. This must be an encouraging word. I hope it's an encouraging word. Do you feel encouraged? I didn't do this. I, I'm encouraging, building you up. I'm building you up. That we can, we have got that. We have got that. Open your hands. I want to bless you. I want you to receive this morning. Holy Spirit, I can do nothing. But you, Lord, are the almighty one. You are our comforter, and we've shared, Lord, for an hour this morning on what you do and can do and want to do through us. And I bless your children, Lord, with the fullness of your spirit. Your fullness, Lord, that you would lead them and guide them and take them from strength to strength, glory to glory, that they might be transformed into the image of our Lord Jesus Christ. 
In the mighty name of Jesus, I bless you with that. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. Let's go have some.